Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Doable Discipleship. Uh, we're so glad to be with you on another Tuesday, a bright Tuesday, sunny afternoon. Well, hopefully it'll be a bright Tuesday, sunny afternoon. Um, today I am joined by Brandon Bathauer and Jason Whelan. Say hey guys. Hey guys. Hey guys. Looks I should like say- We both said exactly what you said. Hey guys. Yeah. yeah. We listen, man. We follow directions. Yeah. I should say dominable Jason Whelan. I expect, a new, I expect a new adjective each episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hey, well, listen, we are the show that helps you grow, the show designed to deepen uh, your faith and friendship with God. Today, we have a really special episode. We're going to get into why is Jesus the only way? Right. We've been in this series of asking questions um, and really kind of the heart behind how do we approach asking these hard questions? Um, so we've gone through a number of different uh, uh, we've gone through a number of different episodes, a number of different topics, uh, but today we're going to focus on Jesus and is he the only way? Um, and when we think about is Jesus the only way, I, I looked up, there's actually 400, no, 4,300 practiced religions in the world today. Um, that's a lot of religions and, and most all of them are detailing, hey, this is what it looks like to be human. This is who we are. This is who God is. This is what God is like. This is how you can be saved. And this is what happens when you die. Um, mostly all of them are shaped around those four points. And mostly all of them are answering those questions in one form or fashion. Uh, but today, what we want to look at is, well, what does Jesus say? What does the Bible say? What is Christian? What, what do we believe as Christians? Um, so I'm going to pass it to you, Brandon. Let's talk through initially, like, why do, do all religions point to God? Can we just be good people? Is that what God's after? Does that kind of settle it for us? Because um, I think there might be a little anxiety around, well, what am I, what's expected of me? What am I supposed to do? How do I, how do I follow Jesus? So what is Jesus saying? Yeah, well, I mean, if we just look at our, at our, reality at our culture, right? Uh, when I tell people I'm a pastor and we start talking, one of the first thing that things that comes up is something like, well, I'm glad you have your religion, you know, as long as it's good for you, right? Or I believe all religions are true or, you know, all faiths, as long as you just really believe them, they're really about the same thing. They'll get you to heaven, right? And uh, I get why we do this, right? This is a hard question for us to engage with because we live in a society with a plurality of backgrounds and faith traditions and languages and cultures. And that's a really, really good thing. When it comes to religion, though, uh, there's a lot of these things that are going to bound the surface of like, oh, I believe different things than you believe. And it will usually result in us just trying to find these really easy answers, right? Of just like, Everyone believes the same thing and it's all about heaven and, you know, it's just will help you uh, be a nicer person or something. And if it helps you, great. That's a really easy answer. Um, and it, you know, hopefully can kind of get you out of some conflict. But there's actually some major problems with this point of view. And that kind of leads us into the question of, okay, how can Jesus really be the only way? Because that, that's kind of the viewpoint of like, well, everything's true, and we all agree. It's all about getting to heaven. Jesus is just one way there. And how can you claim that Jesus would be the only way there? That's really kind of closed-minded, or that's not making space for other traditions and cultures and all that stuff. 
Now, the tough thing about this basic argument, you know, that again, if I believe all religions are true, all roads lead to heaven. Problem with it is that all religions are, are just not the same, right? Like they don't make the same claims. Um, you know, just a quick run through Hinduism, the end goal there is not heaven, but divinization, oneness with Brahma or you know, scientific exclusivism, this view, right, that science is the solution to everything. The end goal there is not a heaven, it's truth or greater understanding. For Buddhists, it's nirvana. You know, for Confucianism, right, this religion, it's about virtue. There's nothing even much about heaven there. Um, hedonism is kind of a religion, right? The end goal there is pleasure, yeah. right? Eat, drink, and be married because tomorrow I'm going to die, and that's kind of the solution of it. How can I just take more and get more comfort and more pleasure? So it's important for us to realize that uh, religions are not the same. And in fact, when we try to hold that point of view, ah, all religions are just the same, and they're all pointing in the same direction, it's actually pretty disrespectful to, to other cultures. It's kind of like saying, I don't see color, right? It's like, that's a really nice, easy statement for you to make, but it's actually very deeply disrespectful to the backgrounds and the traditions of others. So a, a, a Muslim scholar and a Hindu scholar and a Christian scholar can sit down and say, hey, let's just respect each other enough to say we disagree, <laughs> right? That like, <laughs> we're not all believing the same thing and your end goal of your worldview and your religious tradition is going to be different than ours. Um, but that, that pushes us then to this next question. Uh, if we follow Jesus is what type of salvation does Jesus actually offer? Right? Like if there are all these different competing claims, like is heaven the end goal and is the heaven that, Jesus proclaims the same heaven as, let's say, an, a paradise in Islam? Like, is that all the same thing? Or is there something specific about who Jesus is and the end goal he chases after? So if we're just to summarize this argument, right, of uh, is Jesus the only way, we're going to say yes, he is the only way to what he promised, to what he claimed, to be salvation. And that's important. That's really important because it's it's easy to think, man, those those Christians are so close-minded. They they think Jesus is the only way to nirvana. It's like, no, I don't I don't think so. I don't know if Buddhism will get you to nirvana, but I know Jesus gets you to what he claims to get you to. He has proven, and we're gonna walk through this in the time ahead, he's proven to be able to carry out the salvation that he promised. And that's what we Christians believe. It comes down to the person of Jesus and the claims he made and whether we believe them to be true or not. Um, and what I like about this is that it allows us to then be around a lot of different religions and say, look, I'm not claiming Jesus answers the questions you're asking, but I believe Jesus is answering the questions that I think are most important about humanity. Um, and he's going to answer the questions that he brings up. So... Um, so with that, let's jump into kind of what what type of salvation did he actually claim? Um, yeah, I'll walk. Yeah, go ahead, Jason. No, I was just gonna. I was just gonna say. I think that is such an important point in noting that there's a difference between assuming 
what Jesus is claiming to do and then actually looking at what Jesus is claiming to do. But I think there's also the point, it's, it's more of a personal point of sometimes we as humans lead a life just trying to get somewhere. So, you know, for Christians, a lot of times, you know, it can be easy for us to say, well, all I got to do is get to heaven. Jesus says, like, like, I'm the way to heaven, or, you know, so uh, I, I, I'm going to do that, and, uh, I, and that's the end goal. And it's kind of like this video game culture. It's a, all you got to do is reach the end level. You know, I just got to beat the final boss, uh, you know, which Jesus did for you. And then I can just get to that end goal and I'm good. You're, you know, it's, it's, and it's how we live our lives is all I got to do is get to retirement. That's the goal. And mm. then I'm good. It's but like the game of life. Where you, I you literally was really playing is. the game of life with my kids this morning. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Did you go to college? Or you uh, working? We bypassed the college just to try to get farther in the game of being a two-year-old. Mm. His, his attention span isn't <laughs> super into the game, so we don't get too far. Um, but this morning, he was up? a veterinarian, and oh, well, I was a Okay, that's officer. a good profession. That's um, nice. Yes. So, um, but anyway, I, so I think I, I want to just make sure that we're clear that the salvation that Jesus is talking about, it's not just saying, I, I will get you into heaven. It's looking at what does salvation truly mean? And, and for us as believers, and as we are talking even with unbelievers, and we, and we are sharing the good news, it's not just a good news of, hey, there's a place that you can go after you die that is good. You know, it, it's not just the good place. <laughs> it's also a salvation of many other things. And when, what Jesus says covers like a whole span of things. So, um, so we're going to hunker down in scripture here. Did you want to say something, Brandon? Yeah, just one quick note. So like, um, think about the, the famous Jesus answered, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, right? So this is where we often get the question of how can Jesus be the only way? What do you think he's pointing to there? Let me read the rest of the passage in John 14, verse six. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to heaven. No, that's not what it says. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you'll know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Isn't that interesting, right? That we usually think the way to heaven. And Jesus right here in in John 14 is making very clear. He is the way to the Father. Yeah, and people often assume that, that all that means is, okay, he's the way to the throne room. Like, right. you know, God's on his throne. <laughs> and so I got to pass through Jesus in order to get to the throne room. But mm. that's not what he's talking about. Or he's talking I have to about impress Jesus relationship. to get yeah. through, get to the throne room. I remember, I remember um, a couple of years back, I was working out and I ended, I ended up working out with these two guys. Um, one guy was like nominally a Christian. Um, he said he had like a little bit of like Catholic background, but wasn't necessarily practicing and another guy was just a straight-up atheist um i remember we 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 had been working out for a while we finally got to that point of like we're having a, a real conversation about about real things about life and about jesus and i remember the guy who was atheist he was asking really good questions and um he asked this question well like well how 
how does it fit together? How does it work then? Like, how, how do you quote unquote get to heaven? Um, and I remember the other guy uh, who was kind of a Christian name um, and his, that was his own words. And he was like, well, listen, all you got to do is just be a good person, try your best. Jesus will see that. And then he lets you in. And I remember thinking like, Oh no, no, no. Like, Oh no, no, no. This just went downhill so fast. No. Um, but he, he set it up in a way that it seemed like it was almost like, listen, you have good intentions. You try your best and um, you try to be good. And that impresses Jesus. And hopefully you can impress him to the point where he's like, okay, I see you trying. I see what you're doing. Come on in. Um, but on multiple levels, what we're going to see is that's not how it works at all. Um, but I think it's easy and maybe it's a cultural American thing to can kind of conflate like, Hey, you work hard, you live a virtuous life and things work out for you. Uh, but Jesus is telling us a different story and we're going to get into that. That's so good, man. And, and going back to Jason's point on like, we do the things, even the, the kind of American construct of you work really hard so that you can enjoy your retirement, right? That the point of the game of life is to get to the nicer retirement home with the most points, right? And the point, the reason that like this passage is so important in John fourteen six that Jesus is not listing himself as the way to heaven. The thing he emphasizes is the way to the father is because we don't have to wait until we die. It's, it's a relational thing. Um, and I think by us making heaven the end goal, we miss out on the life that is truly life. We miss out on the mission of Jesus. And, um, and then often you, you got to ask yourself, why do you even want to go to heaven? Heaven's going to just be yeah. where God is in charge. And, and it's about God. It's about unity with God and his people. You know, the, the whole mansions and golden streets, like, we have those here, we have mansions here, and they don't solve anything. <laughs> the world still is really messed up. Like the reason that they pave the streets in gold is because it's so worthless in comparison to the closeness of the relationship with the Father. And so, you know, it's something really important for us to start and ask ourselves right before we even jump into all of this of what Jesus claims, is that this, this kind of American gospel of Jesus is the way to get to heaven. Think about what is the whole end goal of that? The end goal is me being in paradise and we're using Jesus as a means to get to that end, right? Like that, we're, we're essentially God in that story. We're using Jesus to step into our glory. It's not about Jesus as the end goal. Um, and, and that's, I think, where the whole thing just comes crumbling down. And, um, and we miss, we miss Jesus in, in all of it. We just like walk through all of our religious stuff and we miss Jesus. Yeah. who's the end goal, the means and the end. So before we continue, this is a good place for a little heart check. You know, just kind of some honest self-assessment of... What have you been seeing is as your end goal, right? Uh, has your end goal just been like, hey, one day I'm going to be in heaven. Things are going to be great. I can fly, I can ride around on an elephant or whatever. Like, 
you know, I, I don't know what your view of heaven is, but, you know, and then, you know, have you just seen Jesus as the means to the end, as, as the way to get there? Or, um, and, and think back through, is the end goal Jesus himself? Is the end goal your relationship in that relationship that he talks about and what that looks like? And that's what's so beautiful about what Jesus talks about in scripture when he talks about the things that he is saving us from and for and so let's dig into scripture here the first thing that we want to talk about is salvation as the defeat of death salvation as the defeat of death we've talked about this before on this podcast and you've probably heard this but it it comes from this this truth that all people are going to die uh you know death is uh inevitable and, and it's a result of sin of the sin in our lives leads to death as we see in romans the wages of sin is death and so what jesus does is he comes in and he says uh i'm gonna conquer death and so let's look at 1 Corinthians 15, verses 54 to 56, says, When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. There's so much there is just this beauty that, that we as people, because of Jesus now, no longer have to fear death's sting. We no longer have to worry about death because through Jesus, we have life. And it is only through Jesus that we have life. And it's not just talking about heaven now heaven is the play is the place where we'll go after we die but it's a reality so much bigger than that of what what this salvation is from and for it is for life heaven is the place but life is what jesus offers the next thing i want to mention is a salvation leads to an unending covenant relationship with God. And, and, and this is what we were talking about a little bit earlier, but it's that the goal of salvation is to bridge the gap between us and God that sin caused, is that we now have an unending covenant relationship with God. And we see this in Revelation 21, verses 1 through 5. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. 
we can see this beautiful new picture of this relationship with God and what God says. He's saying, look, I am your God. He is, and we see this personable part in this too, that he will dwell with them. He's now among his people. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God and wipe away every tear from their eyes. We just this see kind of, Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, Jason, this, it kind of reminds me of um, what Jesus says to the thief on the cross. Sure. You know, when he says like, today you'll be with me in paradise. Um, but it's that with me part that I feel like is really prevalent with what you just read. Like, t- he doesn't say like, today you'll be in paradise, go and enjoy the spoils. He says like, no, today you'll be with me in paradise. And I can't remember the reference, but I think it's, Paul says this a lot throughout his letters to the churches that he's, that he's writing to. He says a, a lot of times he's saying, look, if I die, like I, It'll, it will be sad for you, but I'm going to be with Christ, which is consistent with what you're saying. And I think that's really important. Um, again, driving home that with Christ and even Jesus on the cross today, you'll be with me um, with what you see here. And you look and kind of see this vision unfolding. Uh, God's dwelling place now among the people, he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be them and be their God. Um, and then the, the part that we see quoted a lot, like he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the older of, for the old, old order of things has passed away. But that comes with Christ. That comes yeah. with Jesus and what he has done. Yeah, it's relationship is what we're talking about, is we're talking about the establishment and the coming together of God's family. That's what this is. It's it's the family reunion. That's what God it, it has saved us for, is to be part of his family. That That's what salvation is. It's the entrance into his family. And so it's not about the place. Great, the house is there, but it's about who you're with. It's about being there with the family of God, with Jesus, and coming home. Um I have one more point that, that I want to make as we're talking about salvation and what we're talking about with salvation. And that's that salvation is the restoration of all things. I'm going to read this passage from 2 Corinthians, and then Brandon is going to dig into this a little bit more. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 21 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That's one of my favorite passages in the whole uh, in the whole Bible, Second Corinthians five seventeen through twenty one. And it's for just, good reason. It's just so chock full of goodness. So yeah, we we talk about these different ways of what Jesus actually claims that salvation is one of them is the defeat of death right where oh oh death is your sting so he claims to be able to defeat death that death will not be the end of the story the second one is unending 
relationship with God. And so that's what Jason was talking about. This third one is the restoration of all things, that this is part of the salvation that Jesus promises. Now, I don't know if you've looked at the world around us lately, but man, we desperately need restoration. We need things to be made right. And, you know, it's cool for my little three and a half year old right now, what the good news is to him is that Jesus makes everything all better. And uh, I think that's the truth of this passage. Yeah. That when he falls down and he skins his knee, when somebody is mean, when everybody's sick and I got to wear a mask when I go walking out someday, and some, some bit right now, Jesus is doing his work to make all things better. And um, this, this passage in 2 Corinthians 5 17 starts out with, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. Now, often when we read this passage, we shift that around a little bit to say, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. But the actual language is, if anyone is in Christ, behold, new creation has come. And so the the message there is that God is doing his work through Jesus about um, hailing a new era of new creation. This is the idea of new heavens, new earth at the end. Uh, but starting with Jesus, it's like Genesis is being redone and new creation is coming. And this is why this passage is saying that if anyone is in Christ, as people follow, as Paul calls them, the second Adam, right? You have the first Adam, which is our way of doing humanity. And it it's not great, <laughs> and we mess up all the time, and we try to make ourselves God, and oh, the yeah. world keeps getting more and more broken. In Jesus, you have this restoration of those things. Um, it's no coincidence that Jesus, uh, in the Gospel of John, when Jesus resurrects, John is very clear to make to make the statement that it was on the first day of the new week. And I think it's really interesting, right? It's almost like creation is starting over again with Jesus' resurrection. So the cool thing in all of this, like, what does this mean? It means that the gospel, that Jesus' coming is not, again, about us being floated away on some escape raft as the, as the Titanic is sinking, right? It's not about us floating, getting away quickly to heaven as the world burns. Um, it is about God restoring and, and recreating. And we know at the end of the story, it's new heavens, new earth, for the old earth has passed away. But it's important for us to, to understand that our role in all of this is to be ministers of this reconciliation of things being made right. And that's part of the good news. So that we don't just say, well, I said a prayer and I'm just going to sit around until I die and I guess be nice to people. This is why we seek to love our neighbor and our enemy, because it's all part of this we're we're basically prefacing new creation the type of world that god is going to be recreating that's it i think there's two ways we can we can look at it it's like you know one we put on our our helmet and our mouth guard we have our shin pads on like we 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 pad up put our elbow pads knee pads on and we sit and we smile and we wait um but what we see here is like no the new creation has come. This new order has come. Jesus is doing a new thing. Jesus is restoring. And that's why it says later on the passage, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Um, and then before that, he says, um, 
that God is reconciling the world to himself, not counting people's sin against them, and has committed to us the message of reconciliation. In other words, he's saying, you, you, you don't, don't, don't pad up. Don't, you know, don't hide in the room, lock the door and wait. He's like, no, go out into the world as this new creation and join God in restoring with what he's doing. And that's where we get the idea of mission, joining God mm-hmm. on mission. That's you know, right. we talk about a lot, the, it's one of our five purposes at Saddleback Church. If you're a part of Saddleback Church, we talk about mission. Um, we talk about discipleship, fellowship, all of this comes together as we're reconciled to God and we join God in this reconciling work. And it, the outflow of that is our mission in the world, or we would say like our purpose in the world. That's, that's exactly right. It's about, again, this is where like kingdom language comes in God's rule. So when God's rule is in charge in my life, when Jesus is reflected in my decisions, that's a little bit more of his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And when my neighbor uh, comes to know Jesus and starts following Jesus, then that's a little bit more of God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, right? So this is the beauty of mission and evangelism and how all these pieces kind of fit together is under this guise of understanding, new creation, God's work of restoring and reconciling all things. So that's really good news, right? That's really good news for our world, uh, that the problems of our world are actually things that Jesus cares about that religion is not meant to be in some category way out in the corner of some insurance thing. I said a prayer. I wait around till I die. Religion's about what happens after death. No, Jesus is about what happens today and tomorrow and yesterday. Like that's, that is what Jesus is about. So, so then moving to the question of, okay, so Jesus makes these claims to defeat death, to restore all things, and that he is the way into an unending covenant relationship with the father, with your creator. How does he actually do, like, does he do this? And that's, that's the major question. And we don't have time to dig into all the different pieces on that today, but basically he does this through the incarnation and the crucifixion and the resurrection. Think about it. Like the defeat of death. Jesus does that because in the incarnation, he brings God and humanity together in his own personhood, Jesus does. And then when he is crucified on the cross, what Easter celebrates is that Jesus can defeat death for himself and for us. So like, again, look at a case for Christ and uh, some of these great resources and ask yourself, did Jesus actually come back to life? He claims to. And a lot of eyewitnesses claim the same thing. We know Jesus was a historical character. So, like, that's a big one to wrestle with. I don't know too many other people that can defeat death, which is kind of the biggest human problem, right? So One out of one people die. Exactly. The mortality rate hovers around 100%. <laughs> <I heard>. um, <laughs> so, uh, that was the first time somebody laughed after that statement. So, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little I don't dark. mean that. It's it of course, yeah, 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 laughing yeah, yeah. at death. <laughs> <laughs> the the second thing is the unending covenant relationship with the Father. How does Jesus? He claims that. How can he achieve that? Well, again, you think about the incarnation. Is the Jesus when he comes? He is the fusion of God and humanity together. How cool is that? That in his existence, he is representing what he will do. And nothing, 
death nor life nor angels or demons nothing can separate the relationship between jesus and his father and in the same way he becomes the way for us to have an unending relationship with our creator and our father and then finally this idea of restoration of all things uh, this is the work jesus does in you and me um, this is the work that he did when he healed and he he gave sight to the blind and he gave food to the hungry and he gave truth to those who were lost um, this this was his work right so the gospel the matthew mark luke and john there's a reason that it doesn't just start with the crucifixion and resurrection <laughs> that is life jesus life and his teachings were actually about his salvation and that's where this part played out, the, the restoration of all things. Um, if you look at it through that lens, you'll start noticing, wow, that's what Jesus was doing. He was making wrong things right in his life. He could have just been crucified as a baby if that was the point of him coming. But he lived 30 years, 33 years doing ministry. Uh, there's a reason they did that. So this is what Jesus claims, and, and he achieves it. Uh, in, in my book, <laughs> and as you read the Bible, like I believe that he actually does achieve the things that he promises. And if I think about the greatest human problems, it's these. Death, connection to our creator, and that all things that are broken will be made right. As we said earlier, and as we start to wrap up, we, it's important to make it very clear, right? Is... Our goal as people is not to achieve salvation. It is not a, a game that you're trying to play, and some people achieve it and some people don't. It's not the end level that you're trying to get to, and, and if you get there, you won life, as we talked about. Right? I, I hope we're making that abundantly clear, because what Jesus offers is infinitely more than that. And that's what makes him different. That's what makes Jesus the only way, is that it is not just about the end goal. It's about the now. It's about, it's about a relationship. It's about restoration. It's about everything that we've been talking about in this whole episode. That's what we're talking about. And this is the life that Jesus invites us into. He invites us into this relationship with him and with the Father and he invites us to be a part of this with him. He invites us to do life with him. And that is something that is entirely unique. So as you're thinking about either maybe you haven't said yes to Jesus yet, you haven't entered into that relationship with him, or you're thinking that you have, and you're thinking about how you've thought about it, take the time to think about what this yes means. Take the time to think about, okay, maybe I, I, had, I had the wrong intentions at the beginning. Or maybe, you know, at first I was just excited because heaven sounds better than hell. And we don't want you to miss that what we're talking about is, is what Jesus did through salvation, the defeat of death, the restoration of all things, an unending covenant relationship with God. 
we just kind of touched on them here and we spent some time talking about them, but there's so much more to dive into and to spend time in and to talk with God about. That's what's so beautiful about our relationship with him is we can talk with him about it. We can say, God, I, I, I want to understand this even deeper. I want to learn more and I want to understand and experience more. And he'll partner with you on that. He will help you as you are reading scripture these passages that we read today or you know, or um, other parts of the Bible as you're reading about salvation and about what this is, is the Spirit working with you and living in you can help you to see things and understand things in ways that, that you haven't been able to. And you can talk with God about it and then talk with others about it, right? And share this good news of what you have been learning about. Right, because that's a big part of what it means to love one another is to say, "Hey, did you know what Jesus did? Uh, yeah, he he died, and now I get to go to heaven." <laughs> no, let me let's talk about this a little bit, right? Yeah, and it just gives it's that opportunity to pour in deeper, not just with your relationship with God, but with each other. So, Brandon, why don't you close us out with a doable, a really good doable? Yeah. And, and I, I want to be clear too, like when we talk about, you know, Jesus died for our sins, we get to go to heaven. We don't want to make that seem silly or make you feel silly. But what we are trying to communicate and get across is that we want you to experience and walk in the fullness of life that Jesus offers you. Um, and, and that's what we're talking about now. So, so for the doable, what we want to talk about is during your quiet time this week, reflect on what you said yes to. Think about that moment. Think about where you were in that time. Think about what you were feeling during that time when you said yes to Jesus. Um, what were you saying yes to? Were you saying yes to, I want to go to heaven and I don't want to go to hell? Were you saying yes to, I want to be restored by God. I want to be with Jesus and I want to see the world and my community and those around me restored and reconciled to God. So reflect on what you said yes to and then read John chapter eight. And in reading John chapter eight, you'll see a couple things. You'll see what Jesus claims about himself. Um, you'll see there's disputes that break out over who Jesus is. And then Jesus puts that to rest and he answers that when he talks about who he claims to be. So it's a great chapter on exactly what we're talking about today. Why is Jesus the only way and the only way to what? Um, and you'll see that play out in John, John chapter eight. So read John chapter eight, reflect on what you said yes to, um, and let us know what you, uh, where you land, what you hear. Write us at maturity at saddleback.com. Leave a comment on the YouTube video. Let us know. We love hearing from you guys. Um, we'll be back with you guys. And uh, yeah, we, we are excited to do these episodes. We're excited to bring this content to you. So we love you. We are praying also, for you. Ho, ho, any, ho, ho, any last yes. words? Yes, we don't want to forget. Make sure that you're listening to The Well podcast. Uh, comes yes. out on Mondays, right, Brandon? Yes, usually on Mondays. Um it comes out always on Mondays, usually about one or two um, a month. Great. Um, so if you subscribe to it, then it'll just pop up when it comes out. So there you go. Yeah. Any, oh, we should also say um, 
we'll post this in the links uh, in the show notes too. But um, you can check out the foundation's content on uh, on the afterlife and on the second coming. And Tom and Kay dive in, you know, from a, a very deep way into um, some of the things that we talked about here and salvation. So I think we'll plug salvation, afterlife, second coming. How about that? That's so good. And if, if I could just piggyback off of one thing that Brandon said, um, you know, I think uh, not feeling silly about, hey, when I first said yes to Jesus, it was about getting, it was getting to heaven. Like that's, that that's why I said yes to. <laughs> think about, <laughs> think about the I disciples yes. <laughs> that yeah. first started following Jesus. They first said yes to Jesus when he said, come and follow me for a lot of different reasons. Some people first said yes to Jesus because he was going to give them food and they needed food that day or because they were blind and they needed to see. And what you see through the gospels is the disciples learning more and more, entering more and more deeply into the life that is truly life. And into realizing, oh, it's not about these other things, first and foremost. It's about Jesus. And that's kind of who leads us all into this. So wherever you are along that journey, I hope this has been a helpful conversation. I hope that this can really help you kind of like take whatever next step you can into understanding. Salvation is about, about the person of Jesus and relationship with him and all the good and abundance that comes from that. That's good. That's good. Well, I think that's a great place to end it. Like we said, we love you guys. We are praying for you. Let us know what you're hearing. Let us know what you're feeling. Um, shoot us emails. We always love hearing from you guys. We'll be back with you next week. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes. And go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question might just inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Jason Whelan, and I hope you'll join us again next week.